people are seeing that it's absolutely been more, it's more possible to do things virtually and to build mm-hmm. teams virtually and to lead virtually. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, well, it's two things, actually. It's the connection. And then there's a sort of a, a weird shadow side here. So a lot of people, their travel time went to zero, right? So um, you'd go from one meeting to the next, like instantaneously and over and over again. So it's like s- switching gears, just wham, wham, wham. Um, I think people have gotten more able to do that, but that's hard. And a lot of people needed change over time. They needed think time. They needed some stuff. Now, we all complained about, oh, I got to walk to that office or have to drive to work. I've talked to several leaders who are like, that's my time. I mean, I get to have some time to myself. So, Welcome to the Ripple Leader Podcast with Chris Hutchinson. I'm your co-host, Seth Silvers, and every week on this show, I will sit down with Chris Hutchinson, founder and CEO of the Trebuchet Group, and have engaging conversations with one goal, to help you build clarity and confidence for leaders and teams. This season, we are hosting these conversations live on Fireside Chat, which means you can join us in the conversation. If you want to ask questions live, download Fireside Chat on your mobile device and tune in live to join the interview. All right. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a, an interesting day. Uh, good, good Friday. Good. Good to hear. How about you? Uh, uh, it has been good. We are traveling a bit. So we are in Kentucky, um, seeing some friends before I head to Nashville for podcast movement next week, which will be exciting. So um, things are going well here. And I'm excited about this conversation today in particular. So um, yeah, I have some good questions lined up for us. Looking forward to hearing from some of our guests as well. If you're new here, welcome back to the Ripple Leader podcast. On this show, um, I'll be your co-host along with Chris Hutchinson, CEO of the Trebuchet Group. So Chris, to to kind of start off, tell me something, what is something good that happened in your day today? Mm, You know, I I was able to take a, am I too loud or just, you know, is it? I can hear you great. Okay, you're a little quieter than me in my headphones. I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay, sounds good. Don't want to blow anybody away there. That would not be good. Anyway, uh, working with an organization uh, that's really trying to figure out how do we do regional collaboration where nobody's telling anybody what to do, and yet we're we're able to sort of collectively work on the challenges and try to get manage all the tensions that are in place so that we can have solutions that work for everybody. So cool, you know, doing it for three hours and really some amazing connections, trust, and sort of the. It's not quite returning to what, but going towards something that really inspires them got people pretty pumped. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hugely important work. And uh, I'm sure that you're seeing, I, I imagine you're learning as you're teaching as well. Um, I think I think the better best way to influence is also to be influenced. Absolutely. So today we're talking about this concept of returning to, you know, returning to work, returning to normal really returning to what? Um, And we want to hear from you in the audience as well. You know, how do you feel about this concept of, you know, kind of returning to work as an individual? So Chris, tell me why, even though there is talk about a lot of companies returning to work this fall, I don't really know why like September, everybody's been talking about like, hey, you're, you know, September is when people are going to return from remote work. Um, But for some reason, that's kind of been you know, somebody decided that's the day. Um, but what are the leadership implications 
of returning to work or kind of returning to a more, you know, traditional workplace after say 12 to 18 months of a lot of people working remotely, what are the implications for teams and for leaders in that? Well, there, there are a ton and we're seeing them um, and people are starting to surface them, which is interesting. It does, it does interestingly coincide with this back to school kind of academic rhythm that even people that have been out of school for some time tend to be like, okay, back to work, you know, summer's over, got to get back in. Even if people were working all summer long, I think at least I retain a lot of that sort of ebb and flow to my years. It's the lazy days of summer and I'm working pretty hard. Uh, but getting back together, I think is something that, that there's a, there's an opportunity and a responsibility there. Yeah. And so as we, as we do that, um, what are some, what are some questions in, what are, what are some questions that you think leaders should be asking? That's a great question. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm seeing people come in the room and wander in. So this is really cool. Hopefully we'll have some questions from them. And also they'll, they'll give some thoughts on this. I think some of the questions are, what do we want to continue that we've been doing in the past, even maybe pre-pandemic, or be bring back even in the way that we work or what we're going to go toward? Um, there's a lot of people saying, like, what can we stop or let go of? Or, you know, we don't need to go back to that. And whether or not the organization can support it, the, the business model can support it, uh, that those are factors. You know, some people's roles you can't outsource very effectively when people are starting to show up in physical presence. Uh, a receptionist, for instance, you know, it's like, well, it's kind of hard to do that if you don't actually receive people. Um, at the same time, asking questions around, well, is there a way to do it differently? Could we have a virtual receptionist who, you know, buzzes you in and then then you show up in the appointment? And, and the other thing that's really interesting here, Seth, is that there's some people who are not returning to anything. They've been at work in the real world the whole time. So, you know, it's sort of like, I, it's interesting when I hear that, well, going back to our office, I'm like, there are a lot of people that are working every day this whole time and yep. there's no going back they, they are just trying to figure out how to continue forward so honoring all those pieces to me is important to do as a leader yeah i totally agree and you know i'd love to hear we have a couple people listening listening live here with us mark and gonchalo you know we'd love to hear from you what are your thoughts as you kind of return back to or think about returning hear these conversations of kind of what does it look like to return back to something that was kind of more normal? Are there things in relation to leadership in the workplace that you're going to be keeping? Are there things that, um, you know, you've developed and learned as new skills over the last 12 to 18 months that are going to be kind of the new normal? Or are you looking forward to kind of going back to some of the way that things were done? And so if you have any thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. Um, what about you at the, you know, at the trebuchet group, what are some things that you are looking to kind of have as the new normal that maybe weren't so normal or weren't happening before this whole pandemic? There are, there are two things that are, I mean, it sound as nitty gritty tools, but in my mind, they're actually just highly impactful ways of interacting. So two of them are, and I did this in, in person today. We had an in-person meeting, the one I was telling you about the three hours that we just rocked it. And everybody's like, man, that's over. Um, one of them is making sure everybody's voice is in the room at some point. And it might mean that we're in small groups and then in large groups. Now, I used to do that before in person all the time. But I would wait till a certain time when like, we're going to go do some work together versus like, let's do this to connect with each other and get in the same mind frame, spirit frame, you know, what we do we have to do together. So like one of the questions that we ask is, um, this is an awesome question. 
It's like, what story, uh, above all others, really helps us remind us why we do our work? And one person will share it for like three minutes. The other person, the only thing they do back is just affirm and just kind of talk about how, like, here's the wisdom I got from that. Here's the gift I got from that. 30 seconds. Flip back the other way, three minutes, 30 seconds. And then we go back to the bigger groups. Sometimes there's an interim piece, but we'd look at each other and uh, talk about what are those, not the whole story, just those things that we learned. And we hear four or five of those. In 10 minutes, this group is completely aligned, feeling like we're going the right direction. They're thinking the positive possibilities and what really matters to them and purpose. Huge, huge, right? So it's like that worked really great online. It works awesome in person. So we're keeping that. You know, those, those real quick connection points where everybody's validated. Everybody talked. Everybody was heard. It's awesome. Another thing is uh, we use a tool called Group Map. Again, used in the real world where everybody can type in things at the same time rather than waiting for me to flip chart them out. And we talk about them. And then people dot vote them, which used to pull out stickies and walk up. Well, actually, instantaneously, we can see nobody's influencing each other with their votes, which is a problem, right? Well, that one's lonely. I'll give it that one a vote when I don't really care about it. Everybody does their own voting. We push a button. Boom. Here's the ones that everybody voted for. Very quick process turnaround. It requires you have computers in there. Could be a distraction, but I like it. I think everybody said, this was fun. This was cool. We got to make something happen. And you want to hear that as a leader in a meeting. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's so many things like that, that are maybe technological tools or, you know, advantages that many people adopted over the last 12 to 18 months that we're just realizing maybe there was, we were hesitant for some reason to jump into these efficiencies. Mm. You know, maybe it was because, you know, Susan or Joe on our team isn't super technologically savvy and we didn't want them to feel uncomfortable with doing things virtually. Yep. But now they've had to. Um, and whatever the reservations are, it seems like there's a lot of things that were adopted in the workplace and just in how teams work together that now people are realizing, okay, let's, let's stay this way. I know for us, we've absolutely seen that with, um, I was more hesitant two years ago to promote somebody fully doing a virtual podcast. Like I was much more in line with like, yeah, let's build out a home studio. Let's do as many interviews as we can in person and different things Mm -hmm. and things just change. Um, And so I think that that's a really interesting point. What are some things that you have that have not been as accessible and not been as possible to do over the last 12 to 18 months for you that you're looking forward to um, maybe being able to do again when your team is more regularly back in person, if, if they are coming back in person. Yeah, we, we have started to come back. We have uh, Mondays, everybody's in the office together. And Wednesdays, most of the people that are local are together. The people have to drive farther aren't. And Fridays, it's all virtual. So you know, the other days are like whatever works. Um, but I will tell you, we've had some incredibly in- deep conversations um, going below the surface more than we used to. Part of that's we did these check-ins with these cards and questions that would get, it wouldn't be your, what's your favorite color ice cream, but it was like, what's a place you really love about and you would like to be in the world or, or what put a smile on your face over the last two weeks? You know, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I'll tell you what, after a year and a half of that, we know each other a lot better than we used to. So we're, we're capitalizing on that in person by people feeling comfortable to say, so tell me more about what that goal means. Or, you know, I'm, I don't know if that's really going to get us where we want to go. Um, and just being in person, it was pretty cool. Everybody's like this. It's like breathing without a mask on. You know, it's just a, there's 
you know, you can do it through Zoom forever if you needed to. It's a little more comfortable to do it without. So right. just getting, I think, making sure that the meetings we're doing, we're not doing a lot of updates. They're very rapid. We're doing a lot of deep discussions and like what matters and are we doing the right stuff and how do we be better? Yeah. And that's interesting because there is, I think there's so many people that have realized that we've probably just been wasting so much time in meetings in general and work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once things went virtual, like it's a lot harder to drag a Zoom meeting on for two hours than it is, you know, to drag a lunch meeting on for two yeah, hours. Internet so. connectivity just is like, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, just, it you just know, quickly like, oh, goes. Oh, we lost Chris. He dropped off. Oh, well, not his fault. You know. Yeah. And, and so I, it's interesting because it, nobody's going to deny the efficiency. There's been a lot of new ways that people can become efficient in the workplace. And, and I think that translates to leadership and communication as well. And on previous shows, we've talked about your team's daily check-ins and just the efficiency of those and how those have been valuable. But at the same time, you, you can't deny the value of being in front of a person. Um, and just the depth of relationship that happens with that. And so it's, it's this weird bittersweet balance that I'm seeing from a leadership perspective of where people are seeing that it's absolutely been more, it's more possible to do things virtually and to build mm-hmm. teams virtually and to lead virtually. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily replace the importance of that personal um, connection. Have you kind of seen that tension there as well? Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of... Well, it's two things, actually. It's the connection, and then there's a sort of a, a weird shadow side here. So a lot of people, their travel time went to zero, right? So um, you'd go from one meeting to the next, like, instantaneously and over and over again. So it's like s- switching gears, just wham, wham, wham. Um, I think people have gotten more able to do that, but that's hard. And a lot of people needed change over time. They needed think time. They needed some stuff. Now, we all complained about, oh, I got to walk to that office or have to drive to work. I've talked to several leaders who are like, that's my time. I mean, I get to have some time to myself. So I know we've talked before about a guy who now walks 20 minutes around his block, comes back, goes to work, does that going home, you know, because he had a 20-minute commute. So because I'm not burning any hydrocarbons, some calories, and uh, this is good. On the other side, though, is is that trying to figure out where, how do you have some of that time in there? And then uh, I have a client, we just went through this and, and talking about, well, what do you do, what worked before and during the pandemic, what didn't work before and during, and then how do you get the top two? And he's like, I want to have time for me. I'm going to have time. I got more time for my family. That was really cool. And actually, I was able to, without feeling guilty, vet some people. So a person would say, yeah, I want to go to lunch, you know, and he's an agri guy. He likes to connect and he's eating a lot of calories, make a lot of time. He's like, wow, I lost weight. And now it's acceptable for him to say, hey, tell you what, how about we have a, we have a call first? How about we have a virtual meeting? And he told me, I didn't think you could build relationships over virtual. You can, it's slower, but you can. So he's shifting his, how he shows up to pick time for him and his family, pick time for the business, and then try to screen out stuff that wasn't helpful either way. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, my, my question to the audience is really, what have you learned about kind of how leadership plays a role um, through the pandemic, in, particularly in this, you know, going remote, doing things more virtually, and then now 
a, a lot of people are kind of coming back and let's just be, let's just be optimistic right now and say that it's Friday, July 30th and that hopefully <laughs> we're, we're not going to like relockdown or something. Yeah. Hopefully we're not going back to relockdown. Let's just be optimistic for a moment. Scusing the horizon, but maybe it'll pass us. So we'll, yeah. I know even I would probably feel a lot more confident in my optimism two weeks ago than I do today. Um, but let's just, let's just play off of that optimism and talk about what have we been learning and what have you learned about leadership and about leading people or about working with teams over the last couple of years or last, I mean, it is last couple of years now. It's yeah, ridiculous. So like a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Little teeny thing, like, you know, how you arrange schedules to, you know, bigger things. Yeah, exactly. Cause I just, so many people are asking questions about returning, we're, we're coming back we're returning to these things. Um, and so what does that look like? Stephanie, welcome to the stage. Uh, I don't think you've had the opportunity to meet Chris yet. So welcome to the Ripple Leader Podcast. Seth, thank you for having me. And Chris, it's nice to meet you. I've certainly seen you, um, but I haven't had the pleasure of speaking with you. So it's nice to, very nice to meet you here. Awesome. Same here. I love this conversation, Seth. And I think it's so, it's so, it's so relevant, first of all, and timely because we have seen um, we have seen some companies rise to the top and even win accolades um, over the last year in terms of being named a great place to work or being named, you know, Fortune 100 best places to work based on really how they handled the pandemic and how leadership had to take some pretty, in some companies, pretty bold action and probably pretty scary next steps. Um, I think that there's a lot of old corporate culture that assumes that if employees are not visible, they might not be working. And some of that fear relative to productivity and can we stay afloat while also ensuring our employees feel safe? Um, and then also safe and connected. And how do you continue on a corporate culture when everybody is indeed remote? And I think, you know, my hope is, is that we can, and again, Seth, I'm with you. I want to talk about this in the past tense. <laughs> right. <laughs> that what we can, what we can learn from this time. Yeah, what um, we learned. What we, what learned. we yes. So let's all <laughs> speak in the past tense. Indeed. Indeed, Chris. Um, but I think I'm, I'm hoping that what we have learned, and if we need to continue learning it, that we do, um, is that there is a way to manage both. And while there may be hard things about it, um, I think that a lot of people learned that the benefits of if indeed people were commuting and the amount of times that they might have been spending in their car have now been alleviated, um, that perhaps for more of a home life, work life balance, while there are certainly it's challenges that are presented, that indeed there were some benefits that families were talking about the ability to see each other a little bit more. Maybe the children had a little more time with their families. Um, and that we are probably more flexible than what we believed we were. I think that we have more employees in the United States. We'll just take it United States who probably didn't even know how flexible they could be. Mm -hmm. What we know is that we're never I mean, and I, I mean, never usually is a word that, in, that consists of hyperbole, but we will never go back to where we were prior to COVID from a work standpoint. I mean, we just won't. Um, mm. So what that winds up looking like, and then Chris, you know, to the point of, of your conversation you're having here, you know, what, what, what companies, what organizations kind of rise to the top and say, well, maybe we set some things up to be a little bit more temporary, but it looks like Maybe we have some people who really want to stay home. Maybe we have some people that want to, it's just going to be very fascinating to see what happens. But this is a time when leading is important. Leading from a place of empathy is important. 
while balancing what the needs are for the company. But this is a this is a very fascinating time. A very fascinating time. And Stephanie, can I may I ask you a vulnerable question? Oh, I'm good. Bring it. Oh, okay, good. Well, I know Stephanie well enough. She's she's going to answer whatever you ask her. Well, you, you did a beautiful job of really sort of talking the we and the, the the big level and the lessons. And I'm wondering if you have a place where that sort of empathy connecting with what the organization need, whether that was something you did to yourself, for yourself, or for somebody else. Like if there's a specific example of how you've worked through it, maybe you're still struggling with it. I know I have some I am struggling with, but just curious. Yeah, no, I'm, Chris, I'm happy to um, answer the question. I'm happy that you asked it. Um, I might, I I might be a little bit unique um, or maybe not. Um, I think that to be honest with you, being Mm -hmm. that I have, I'm a single mom of two kids, it's been actually amazing. Now, hard, you bet. Hard Mm -hmm. times. Yes. Some mental health challenges here and there for my kids. Absolutely. But I think that because they're older teenagers, um, it allowed for us to sort of hunker down the three of us and say, okay, this is what it's going to be. So what are we going to do with it? And I think it was an opportunity for even me as a parent to get creative and how are we going to do this together? And what is this going to look like? Because Chris, my number one thing was I got to keep myself sane, right? It's Mm -hmm. the whole thing about if cabin pressure changes, put on your oxygen mask first before you put on the oxygen mask of your children, right? And so I definitely did that, right? It was a a gut check for me to say, what is this going to look like? How are you going to lead, right, in the family? How are you going to continue to do the work that you're doing and just make it a new experience but not a devastating experience, right? And how are we going to take advantage of this opportunity? So I honestly looked at my household as a company, right? And if we just had a huge hit to the company, how am I going to give my employees? I know this sounds bizarre. So but did that you sense, furlough your kids? And that would be kind yeah, of kind of, yeah, okay. I did. <laughs> no, but I, no, but I think again, I, I, I want to say that I was fortunate, but I also think it was a good old fashioned, I mean, Chris, in my opinion, it was a good old fashioned, you're going to dig deep hmm. because it's not going to look the way it could look. And you're going to figure out how to make this the best environment from number one, a mental health perspective. Number two, keeping people, keeping the kids and me productive, right? It's good to sort of like say, yeah, we still got to do the laundry. So do those normal things, right? Right. Make sure you can get out when you can. But but Chris, I think so much of this is, is, is true for life. We are all going to be met with hard things. This is at least in this generation, unprecedented. It's not historically unprecedented. I think how long we're dancing with this virus might be unprecedented, but um, mm-hmm. it, indeed the skills that we bring to our jobs, to our workplace, if that's relevant to what we do for a living, the skills we bring to our family and our friends don't necessarily have to look that different. Um, it's about managing yourself, your internal resources, understanding how much you have to give and how much you need to self-reset and what kind of environment you're going to create wherever you are. Yep. And I, it's just a, it's really been a fascinating time for all of us, I know. That is awesome. Well, and, and my, my belief is that leadership is more caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing your kids just got some incredible modeling of how to be successful despite a lot of really challenging difficulties. I think and we've had that. Yes, I do. I hope that I at do. some point, I'm, I hope that I've done similar things with my kids uh, to like uh, – 13 and 16 year old that are at home, very struggling. Uh, hopefully yeah. we've done some things so that it's not only this time, but the next time they'll be like, you know, heck, this isn't half as bad as whatever, you right. know, and they're going to get through it. 
So I think that's a lot of what a leader's called to do is to try to build resiliency mm-hmm. in others for what they're trying to do with their lives. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So cool. Great. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate you being vulnerable. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. And you mentioned something interesting of how like we're not going, there's some, there's so many things that it's just, it's not going to be normal. And I think this is why conversations like this are valuable and actually having dialogue as opposed to just Chris, you lecturing us on leadership in the workplace because totally. all of these new ideas start coming up. And, and if there's other people in the room that want to jump into this conversation, we'd love to hear from you and what questions you have. But you mentioned that things are not going back. And I see that happening where I myself, like I'm establishing a home office in our home that we're building. And, you know, right before the pandemic, I signed a two-year lease on an office that was, you know, going to have a studio and I was going to have several people work out of there. And now I'm not. So that's changed. But I also know many people that they are fully transitioning to the remote life aspect of things. And there's still leadership needs. There's still connection needs that are going to have to happen. So even if you're still working for a company, Mm -hmm. there's still going to have to be leadership that's taking place but it's going to look it's going to look very different. So I'm curious to see how companies are going to adapt because there's just going to be there's that touch of working in person that we think is irreplaceable, but maybe maybe the conversation maybe it's not irreplaceable. Maybe it is possible to have that authentic connection with people remotely, but I think as we ad- continue to adapt to more people going remote it's just going to be fascinating because the needs are going to change. I guess the needs are going to be the same in a sense of authentic connection with others, no matter where you're working, but the solutions are going to be a lot different. And I don't even think that we know like fully, what does it look like to have authentic leadership connection with remote workers? Because it's, it's so new. Like, how do you do that at a scale? So I, I'm really curious to see how this kind of adapts because you're right, Stephanie, like we're not going back, but that doesn't mean that it's healthy mentally, emotionally, even physically for me just to sit in my room and work all day, like by myself. So it's, it, it's interesting to, to start thinking through some of those questions and what the solutions will be long-term. Chris and Seth, do you have time in your show for me to, to, to comment on what Seth just said? Yeah, please. Okay. If you didn't, I'd be happy to, <laughs> I'd be happy it. to stop. We'll, we'll, you know, here, here you go. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> if we don't like what you're saying, we'll cut you yeah, off. Yeah, right, um, right. The mic might not work. That's okay. No, Seth, I, I really like what you just said. And I and and I think you just inspired me to respond to something that I'm kind of going through right now, which is I think if we look at this as as an opportunity, um, I have found that there is increased connection now. And so when I say it's not going to go back to where to the way it was, I think many of us and we look back on the history of America, we have this sort of only sign, we sort of do this ruminating on the past and how it was so much better. And I'm not sure that that's even my intention or or my tone here. What's interesting to me is that Seth, in response to what you just said, I think that great leadership recognizes that this is actually an opportunity. I think if taken the way I think it should be to connect even more. And here's what I mean. It is far easier to get a team of people together to do a quick happy hour or get a team of people together to do a quick check-in by clicking a button and showing up on video where again, prior to COVID, a lot of leaders, whether it be a C-suite of a company or at least senior VPs, um, viewed it as more of a, we will do a phone call check-in, or if we work in the same building, we can do a face-to-face, but it would be 
rushed. And I think what's fascinating is we actually have to be more intentional now about who we're getting together and who we're checking in with. Mm -hmm. And I see some great leaders taking this as an opportunity now that we've sort of normalized this sort of video call situation, where now I find that people are not only connecting more frequently because of the ability to click and see each other's face and have conversations, but for a company I work with, which is global, the fascinating thing is now people across the countries are now connecting through video because they can. It's not that we couldn't before, right? but now we've normalized that. And I, so I think what's interesting is that as much as we can say this sort of cutoff connection and that sense of belonging, I see great leaders making new decisions on how they're going to connect. And I've seen an increase in connection and sense of belonging. It's been I, I totally agree. In fact, I was just connecting that to the, one of the other meetings I had, um, I guess it was yesterday afternoon, sat down with a client who was really trying to see what we're doing going forward and ended up sort of making, well, making a self-commitment in terms of as a senior leader in an organization, he wanted to right-size the type of engagement with the method of engagement before he just sort of applied, you know, in-person everything all the time and was frankly burning himself out a bit. And when we went to COVID, really trying to do in person or not in person, but virtual for everything. And so he came up with an idea that it would be, you know, is this something where somebody wants to pick my brain? Uh, are we actually participating together? Is this building a relationship? Are we problem solving? And then has a list that kind of, I'm looking at this on my phone here with a little picture. It said, we'll have an email and then we'll have a call and then we'll have a virtual and then we'll have face-to-face -face, and then we'll have multiple face-to-faces in a way to sort of ramp up and, and make sure the engagement matches with what's the need versus a one size fits all either way. Just what a cool thing to do with his employees, with his staff, with people that he's meeting with, you know, trying to figure out how can I really meet them in a way that's very effective and save us all time and energy. That's fantastic. And Chris, I just wanted to mention, I, it's really a pleasure to meet you and I appreciate you having me in this conversation, Seth, nice to see you. And I appreciate those, um, those interesting comments. This is a great conversation. I hope, I hope these discussions continue because I, I don't think that we have fully reckoned with how we're all going to actually make this a sustainable long-term practice. Um, and I think it's important that we sort of examine how we're doing and where we're going and if, and where adjustments are needed, which I think will continue. Um, and that's okay. We, I think people are more resilient than um, we give them credit for. So I appreciate the conversation. Both of you, thank you for having me. Oh, our, our pleasure. I, you know, I, I, to keep your airplane analogy going, I think uh, wearing the belt low and tight across your lap might be a good idea. And I'm saying this to everybody because I believe we're in for some turbulence ahead. Agreed. <laughs> we don't get smacked around the cabin. We all want to walk off. The Agreed. But we can do this. We can yeah, do we it. we can. We can. And thanks we so can much do for it. being here. That's thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, Yeah. Thank you so much for jumping on stage, Stephanie. And for those that are just joining the room, we've been having a conversation on this concept of what are we returning to? Are we returning to the way things used to be? Are we returning to a world where the way things have been over the last 12 to 18 months are the new normal? Or is it some kind of hybrid in between? And what questions are we asking? What questions are we asking from a leadership perspective, but even just from like a team culture perspective? You know, whether you're working by yourself or with a team, connection is extremely valuable and important. And so as we kind of return to something, those questions of how do we connect is going to be extremely important, not just to the productivity of the businesses that we're working on or working in, but 
just to our own health. Chris, I'm curious, what questions do you find your clients asking right now as they're kind of grappling this, you know, what are we returning to? And, and I'd even love to hear some of the questions from some of the people that just jumped in the room or some that have been listening to this conversation, but what, what questions are you hearing from your clients? Well, there's questions and there's sort of like the, um, the question beneath the question. Um, some of the questions are more sort of functional in terms, how are we going to get together? You know, what do we do about meeting structure? How do we, do, do we, do we step back and rebuild our strategic plan? Cause that was pre COVID, you know, what do we retain? What do we change? Does that mean throwing everything up in the air? But kind of underneath that, there's like, can I lead in a virtual environment without the kind of feedback I used to get? Or now that I'm used to that, can I go back? Can I do, can I do both? Um, I think there's also the the question of is the way we were set up before so much a part of my identity or the the way I know how to do things that I'm not going to be able to let go. I've had some people say that they're like I just that's I know how to do that really well. It feels so scary and icky and you know when they get personal about it, they don't say that on the surface because of course leaders have it together and we have to make sure things go right. Um, even if we're vulnerable, we're not going to share that we're like I don't know exactly what to do here. And organizations where those kind of conversations are happening, I think they're pretty healthy because everybody feels like we're all in this together in different ways. And yet it's the same storm, I'd say, same opportunities. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I, have you been able to give them all the answers? Oh, of course. Yeah, I just, I just off the top of my head. No, actually, I think the important part is asking them what they already know about it. Uh, I, I had a coach ask me this question one time. He said, so what's the first thing that you'd see if you're on the right track? And that question by itself reframed my energy to be like, mm. oh, um, so now I'm not thinking of the problem. I'm thinking of the possible solution and what it would feel like. A lot more creativity there. Yeah, that's really interesting because then it, it gets you visualizing what what the path forward looks like. And I often think about it as either a thermometer or a direction. Like often we think of growth as a thermometer, like, okay, if I can get to, you know, a hundred, uh, or I can get to this, you know, temperature level, then that's the goal. And that's what health looks like. And that's where, you know, coming back from COVID, we want to get back to this temperature that we were at Mm -hmm. culturally pre COVID. When in reality, that's not really how growth works. I think it works more of like an arrow of like, you're heading in the right direction. Um, you know, you're, you're pointing in the right direction as opposed to if you're just looking to get to a certain temperature on a thermometer, then that's very linear. You're either there or you're not. And you know, there's a 99% chance that you're not there (laughs) when in reality, you know, you might have gone from 75 to 76 to 78 to 85, which is progress and which is going the right direction. So I think that's really interesting to think about how can we, what does it look like? to be going the right direction. Yeah. And what are the indications that we're headed the right way? What are the, what are the rumble strips? You know, how would we know we're starting to get off track? Not before we, you know, hopefully before we scrape a guardrail, but if we're agreed to generally how we're going or where we're going, how we're going to get there and we're in good communication. um, I think that's going to be vitally important because I don't think there is, and if people didn't feel this before, I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel it now. There's not like an answer. There's not like a destination to get to. Um, perhaps people believed in the past, but I think it's much more about not let's build this plan and then that's all we do. It's 
let's think about what's next in the direction we want to go, and then when do we reassess to readjust? It's just a continuous process of figuring it out together, which to me is richer and more involving. It doesn't rely on, well, I'll just follow what Seth says. He says the right thing. I'll just do what he says, and everything's good. And then when it doesn't work, I'm like, damn, Seth. Instead of, what are we doing together? Gee, it's not the way we thought. I need to bring that back to the team. Seth, it's not, it's not working the way we thought it might. What do we, do, what do we want to do? And you'd ask me, hey, Chris, what do you think? Right. Now we're both engaged and we're going to make this better. It's so funny how many conversations would be insanely more, I, I hate to use the word productive because it's just such a businessy term, but more, more healthy, we'll say. How many conversations would be more healthy if we were just willing to like turn around and just say, what do you think? You know, don't like just actually getting people to share what they think about it. And, and, and I think it gets back to a word Stephanie used earlier in the show, empathy. So what does that look like for you? What do you think that the first, what do you think that the first step towards returning to whatever the new normal is looks like for you and your team? A lot of it is thinking about the impact that we're making, and and a, it's a pot, we're, we're hoping it to be a positive impact, and we've been making it for a while. And saying, what are the different ways we can make that impact? How do we need to care for ourselves to get there? You know, and how do we equip ourselves so we can help equip others? So it, it's, I think we may be unique in a lot of folks, maybe not completely unique, but for a lot of consultants who come in and tell you what to do, and here, you know, there's my advice. We're more of a help you discover where you're struggling and help the team have ownership and clarity on that together and then move forward. So we, we do the same stuff to ourselves. Like, okay, what kind of ownership and clarity do we need to have? And what are people feeling? And that below the surface thing, we built enough trust so that our level of healthy conflict is better. People will speak up more quickly and not see it as a, I'm being disloyal or distracting. Like they really see hey, I need to say, hey, Chris and Gurdiv, what are you doing there? You know, I don't understand why this conversation is happening because we were on this thing. So help me, connect me. Right. Okay, great. So now everybody's in the room is involved in the conversation versus Gurdiv and I maybe having a very possible thing, but everybody else is like, Bleh. nobody's, at least in our company, people aren't wasting time in meetings like we might have before. They're in some ways tolerating less and in some ways lifting themselves up and others more. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a conversation we're going to continue to have. Um, I don't. I do not feel that confident that the this life. Isn't a one people, and done. We're just like we set this. We go. We never have to check it again. I don't think so. I don't think that we're about to return to the. I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation of what in the world are we returning to, mm -hmm. and I think that unfortunately a lot of us are just kind of hoping things go. We're spending more time waiting for things to go back to the new normal as opposed to adapting to what. Uh, adapting to what we have on our plate today. Um, yeah, I think it, it's the consciousness of it, really. It, it, it just it, Here's what I'm going to ask of our people who are here and maybe people are listening later. Just take us just a second or two and think about if I want to reintroduce something, is how, what does that give me and other people? Is that what we want to have? And if you want to have something new, asking the same question. But really, you know, it might be that's exactly what we need to have. But and, and what's the cost? You know, who's who's not helped by this? I think we just reevaluate things as we go forward. We're going to figure out the things we can shed without really any pain at all. And the things that we can embrace that are going to help us move forward together. Absolutely. Well, our next conversation is going to touch on some of that, I'm sure, because our next conversation, we're going to talk about what is a leader's responsibility right now? 
And that's going to be on next Tuesday, next Tuesday morning at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. And so could you kind of give a little teaser of what, why you think that's an important conversation to have of actually trying to define or pinpoint or nail down what in the world are leaders' responsibilities right now? Why, why is it important that we talk about this? I think, I think you can look at the, the great, what do they call it? The great, is it firing? No, quitting? No, what, what are they calling that now? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about, where they're saying that like a third of the workforce is going to quit. Like 80% of people want to change. Yeah. I I don't think it's the leader's sole responsibility to help someone figure out what's really passionate for them or connected to them or, you know, what are they great at? What will the world pay for? Um, What do they really enjoy? And, you know, what are they good at? If there's an intersection between those, known in Japanese as ikigai, you know, reason for being, if a leader can help point that out, everybody wins. So I think there's a responsibility to ask the questions to surface those because I think people are asking themselves those questions, whether it's not like this sucks, there's got to be something better, um, asking questions about that so they can ground themselves or find out what does really make them like I'm contributing something and there's a lot of poetry in the plumbing. Uh, so that's a, that's a big part of it and helping create the environment that works as well as it can for everybody, not necessarily the same way for everyone. Those are two. Yeah. That's just a teaser. Yeah, it's great. And it's going to be a wonderful conversation. We're looking forward to hearing from um, hearing from our audience on that, hearing what do other people think are a leader's responsibilities right now? Is, is a leader responsible for retention during such a crazy time? Um, you know, all of these questions that we will have time to answer and ask and discuss on Tuesday. So Chris, this has been to. wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to our future conversations. And uh, if you're listening in on the replay or you're still listening live, um, go ahead and check out Chris's profile and you can RSVP to that show coming up this Tuesday, August 3rd, first show of August, which will be fun. Um, and Chris, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Do you have any any exciting plans? Uh, we're just going to be really, um, we're having one kid sort of passing through our house, headed off to college. And we've got a person moving in to uh, stay with us for a semester from a foreign country. So that's going to be pretty cool. So maybe some work on the 40 foot school bus we're converting into a family camper van, but really other than that, nothing. Amazing. We'll we'll have to talk about, uh, we'll have to talk more about that, the, the school bus conversion, uh, because that, that sounds amazing. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in future future conversations maybe we can do leader leadership lessons from the school bus or something Mm, i'm liking it (laughs) all right sounds good well chris wonderful talking to you today um thank you to everybody who listened and we will see you next time thank you so much for listening to this episode of the ripple leader podcast where our goal is to help you build clarity and confidence for leaders and teams Don't forget to join us live on Fireside Chat to get your questions answered each week. And if you want to get in touch with Chris and his team at the Trebuchet Group, head to trebuchetgroup.com. That is T-R-E-B-U-C-H-E-T group.com. We'll see you next time.